I'm sure you've heard a lot about artificial intelligence or AI and its application in marketing recently. Ever since ChatGPT moved into the mainstream, it's been hard to move without seeing a post on AI somewhere or another. But what's sometimes missing or often missing from those posts is a look at how do you actually use and apply those AI in marketing. So I invited the CMO of Brightbid, a lady called Kate Cox, to join me on the show to explore the practical applications of AI in marketing and in particular to have a look at how we use AI for international marketing, how to market across borders. So if that's an area of interest for you, you should really enjoy the show. Kate is really great and shares a ton of value. I hope you enjoy the show. Kate, good morning. Welcome to the Through the Line podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, it's good. It's a good day. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you here. We've met a couple of times. I don't think you remember the first time, but we met at eConsultancy Live, which is a really great digital conference that happens in London, I think twice a year, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I love that one. It's re- It gets into the nuts and bolts of some really thorny digital questions and it's a great attendee list. So yeah, love it. And I've seen some really interesting talks there, some really good masterclass sessions as well. But one of those really interesting talks was delivered by yourself as you talked about AI. And I thought, well, I really do need to get you onto the show because AI is one of those topics that I think is on the tip of everyone's tongue at the moment, isn't it? But I don't want to look at it from that conventional. And what I see a lot of is AI. How do I use AI for content creation kind of stuff? And if it's not that, it's AI is bringing about the end of the world. And that's a bit doom and gloom, isn't it? But I would love to have a look at AI from a different perspective. And we had a, a chat about this previously. And the idea that we can use AI as a way to market internationally, to enter new territories in a kind of cost-effective, managed, uh, man- managed, managed way. And I think you're perfect for this because in your role as the CMO at Brightbid, which is, if I've got it correct, is an AI-powered platform to help people improve their or optimize their Google PPC campaigns. Mm-hmm you're responsible for international markets, right? So you're probably doing this stuff day in, day out. Yeah, we're sort of a seller and a buyer of AI solutions. So we obviously sell AI for paid search, but we also buy everyone else's AI MarTech tools um, <laughs> to try and manage the internationalization issue. Perfect. across markets rapidly. Yes, which is exactly what I want to drill into. And in fact, on your talk at Econ Live, you showed a video I think you'd created using AI as well. I remember thinking, wow, that's just incredible that even at this kind of fairly early stage of AI development, is it, is it early? I suppose that's my understanding is early. Is you know, To be able to do that is quite powerful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about that tool in a bit, actually, because we've just uh, made an AI avatar of our founder. So soon he will be narrating our videos. Oh, really? Okay. Excellent. And and actually, you introduced me to that website. Uh, There's an AI for that. And I've been wasting a lot of time on that, I have to say. Is Is it wasted time or is it enjoyed time? I don't know. But there's a lot of distraction on there with AI, isn't there? Lots of different tools you can play around with. Yeah. 
But let's have a look at, um, you know, what, how do we use AI? What can, how can it benefit us when we're thinking about going into a new country, into a new territory? What are the kind of key things that it brings for us? Cool. So let me talk about the sort of origins of these large language models to start. And then you'll, then you'll understand why it's so good for internationalization. So um, chat. Uh, well, GPT-3 is the big leap forward, and that launched on the 20th of June 2020. And actually, Brightbid launched in in off the back of that, because the large language models beforehand, the ones that Google, uh, Meta, Microsoft were using, were good, right? So you could use them for translation, but you'd have to employ a relatively skilled translator to publish it for marketing content, because they weren't quite as good as you'd want. Um, I agree with that. And I remember we were talking about, because I used to run a business in Croatia and I don't speak very many words in Croatian and Google Translate was my best friend whilst I was working on that business. And that was extraordinarily helpful, but never did it produce language that you thought, yeah, I can use that for anything other than a basic understanding as to what's going on. Yeah, but GPT-3 was the big step forward in usable translations. They still need tweaking. Um, so, you know, we, we would use them and then tweak them. Um, GPT-4, which launched 14th of March, is incredible. So you you, if I'm being honest, you can't translate a business article from language to language that you want published, like a press release, without a native speaker overseeing it but they're going to be making a much they're going to be spending a much less time on that document than they would in the past um and it i mean we use it for ad copy translation so what 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 we are using it for is ad copy translation um we're scraping your website competitors websites turning that into ad copy and then using the large language tools to do the translation part and put setting them up in tests. So you might not get the exact keyword right. We're testing it AB versions um, to make sure that the nuances in French are captured quickly um, and the ad copy starts working. Um, and if people are working in that area, I think there's some really interesting things you can do um, with ChatGPT, with Copy AI with Jasper. So all, all the tools are really helpful in the area of paid search. And, and the language translation is is excellent. Mm. And obviously, when we're going internationally, particularly in somewhere like Europe, where every country has its own language, or more or less, then the ability to quickly, seamlessly, effortlessly translate is a pretty big part of, of expansion, isn't it? Yeah. And a lot, lot of our customers come to us and say, Okay, so I can see you can do paid search in French, but we don't have a website translated in French. Could we send that traffic to our English website and see how it does? And I guess that that's another part of the of the internationalization piece, isn't it? And you will get lower conversion rates if you try and do that. I mean, mm. you can try it. You will get lower conversion rates. And I think I'm excited by some of the landing page tools out there some of the some of the companies that are using ai in landing page tools so you're not rebuilding your entire website but you are translating uh 
key landing pages from your paid search into French and then figuring that piece of the puzzle out. And that's useful for um, a lot of companies who don't who, who are just doing shipping. So you don't really need a customer service function in the in the native language. Um, so you can actually get sales quickly. If you do need customer support in native languages, then it allows you to put a toe in the water of the market and and see how how it's working for you. And you could build up a customer support function or a local office in a more measured fashion. So you're starting to get sales from the get go, and then you can okay. build your your business out in a from a local office. So I think that's a really interesting use of the of the landing page tools got you okay so as a as a cost effective way to just test out a new market and see whether you're getting the traction the response from the customers you know in a way that's automated using ai and then kind of dipping your toe in the water dipping your toe in the water yeah Yeah, i mean and there's some amazing so i i love the landing page tools but there's also ai's customer experience tools and using some of the customer experience tools i don't know if you've seen those chat bots where you type in english and it translates it to a greek customer agent who replies in greek and you see it in english i haven't seen that no i haven't seen that that sounds pretty impressive oh they're good and actually some of them are using google translate some of them are using some of the more advanced tools and i've seen the technology is starting to exist with the same sort of principle for voice. So you speak to me in Greek. I hear it in English in your voice. That's crazy. <laughs> and then I reply in English. You hear it in Greek in my voice. It's nuts, isn't it? That reminds me of an advert a few years ago I saw from, I think it was Microsoft, where there was a guy who married a an English guy, I think, or American guy, married a Chinese girl, and he was speaking to her parents in English. And the, I think it was Skype translated it into into Mandarin for him, so he could have a conversation with the in-laws, even though he didn't speak a word of Mandarin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, these tools are amazing, really. Yeah is is it is it the end of having to learn languages? Well, as an English person that's rubbish at languages, yes, I hope so. <laughs> but for the rest of the world that can learn a new language, it's probably not so much an issue. <laughs> I know, it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> so what does this mean then in terms of, I suppose, the people we need in our marketing teams? Now that we've got these AI tools that can rapidly build landing pages that can uh, deliver multi-language customer support over chat, etc. Does this mean we, have, we need a different skill set? We need more people or less people? So, I mean, talking from what I'm doing in Brightbeard, so we are in four, we have local offices in four markets now, UK, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. And for those of you who have worked in the Nordics, you'll know that English is a pretty well, well, a common language for the entire team to speak across. So we do, our Slack channels are in English, but we still use translators. So we're still, especially in Danish and because we're, and Norwegian, because we're technical, we need people to really tweak the technical content. So they need to know about digital marketing and AI and be able to take the English or the Swedish and, and translate it to, so it makes natural conversational sense. 
Um, so, so we are using translators. We might be, sorry, translators cutting down the hours because of the the um, the use of the tools. Hopefully, but- they haven't heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's there's a, there's a danger, isn't there, in some in some work, some professions that actually the power of AI is going to take over a little bit and reduce some of that, some of the workload. And there's a real fear of that. I think certainly in the creative world that we'll see some of that, some work going away. Perhaps more of the execution rather than the strategic thinking piece. Yeah, I think everyone is going to need to up their game a bit, right? So. There's two schools of thought. Take the content piece, right? So, and the SEO piece, because a lot of people in the SEO world are going, oh my God, you know, the chicken little sky's falling in. How are we doing it? And for me, there's two paths you can take. You can go the fully automated route, use the language tools to just put out a lot of content. Mm. And I think that is a legitimate play. Sorry, I think it is a legitimate play for now whether it's a legitimate long-term play I don't know or you can do what we're doing which is to try and come up with an opinion an expert opinion that's better than chat GPT so it's better than anything that's been published before chat GPT is only scraping the web right so it's only Mm. looking at the things in the public domain and this this space is moving so fast so in the paid search world I mean Google launched new um, updates to how it's going to look at paid search ad formats two weeks ago and Bing was three weeks ago. So there isn't a lot of published content on that topic. So you need to have an opinion and you need to have a an opinion quickly with some citation, right? So I said this opinion at this time. <laughs> we haven't fully tested it yet but we think it's going in this direction. Right. Do I think it, it, it's, it's either those two camps really, isn't it? It's either flood the market with a lot of AI content and see how you do, or it's right for the user, have an opinion, try and be the expert in the field and have an opinion before the rest of the market. <laughs> the former feels a lot like the keyword stuffing days of old, doesn't it? Just push up, ram a load of keywords into your page and see what works. You know, The latter is clearly going to be better in the longer term, but what gets short-term results is, tends to be what gets done. Yeah, and I think, well, th- that's the choice we all have to make. And I think you need to be aware of the risks of doing the former. Mm. I mean, Google haven't said they'll penalise AI written content yet, particularly, but right for the user is always the mantra. Right, yes. right, and have an opinion. Yes, absolutely. De- de- develop some thought leadership, you know, as they say, and have an opinion, basically. So how else can we use AI then to market internationally? So we've got the idea that we can test some new markets quite cost effectively. We can get up some landing pages to 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 see what works, what sticks. We can use translations fairly quickly to move between different languages. Um, we've streamlined our team a little bit um, where we've needed to. What other things though, can we do with AI that can help us to get into new markets? So, I mean... You can use the design tools, website design tools. I don't know if you've any, any of you have used Figma, which is the sort of new 
website design choice of tool of of Jaw. They actually use so so you design your website in it, and then you can use the AI tools, Google Translate, and some of the other tools to translate directly into other languages. So it's a really quick way of getting new full websites, so not just landing pages up and running. There's other tools that build creative. So Google have said in their announcement three weeks ago that they will um, look at your website and build you ad copy automatically using AI from looking at your website so you can reduce your bounce rate. Um, But you can also use that to create new native ad formats. So, I mean, that's been around for kind of a long time, right? So there's a couple of tools out there who use AI to build native ads. Okay. Similar sort of idea as, um, you know, SEO, building using AI to build SEO. You can use it to build creative, so display advertising. Google announced that they would take your website and build you ad formats for Google Display, looking at your product pages um, using AI. Um, And then let's talk about some of the image generation tools. Um, So Midjourney, Dali, Stable Diffusion are the sort of the big big ones in this space. Um, You can use them to build images for your website. There was a fun little post last week on Twitter where they use, I can't remember which tool was, you know, the typical person from Sweden. Do me a typical person from Norway, a typical (laughs) person from Croatia, the US. (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, uh, the Swedish one was uncanny. Do they live up to all the stereotypes? It does. So you do have to be careful, right, that you're, you're monitoring these. So I, I don't, you know, they are amazing, but you have to put some oversight in. You have to write a really good brief. There was a mm. really funny meme going around on LinkedIn um, from a graphic designer who said, so AI responds to a really great brief. So, so graphic designers are going to be safe then. <laughs> <laughs> and I and love it that. is true. I love that too, because it is really true. Because you know what uh, we clients are like <laughs> to graphic designers. We're like, we don't really know what it, it, I got a picture in my head, but I can't explain it. Can you yeah. sort of draw it out? I definitely <laughs> can't get down to a brief for you. That's for sure. <laughs> we are going to have to write better briefs to use any of these tools. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and let, let's talk about video, right? So some of these video platforms, um, especially TikTok, are really hungry for new creative. And that's incredibly hard for marketing teams to manage. Completely. You have to really feed the the machine with TikTok, don't you? Yeah, you have to feed it. Some of these creators wear out after a week. So as a marketing team, you're sitting there with your most difficult channel. You know, it's it's relatively easy to write blogs and emails yeah. and yeah. display creatives, but video can be a really tricky channel to get right. Your most tricky channel, and you've, you're trying to feed this sort of hungry algorithm every week, like shoveling in new creative to <laughs> feed the beast. Um, a lot of people are looking to UGC and content creators to feed that. But I have seen some companies using AI to build their 
video creative. So look at AI Explains AI on TikTok, which is yeah. Synthesia, who's the video tool that I was mentioning. It's their yeah. own um, platform. And they, they, look, they talk about, they post daily using their own avatars on you know, what's new in the world of AI. So it's a really interesting channel from from that point of view, if you're interested in, in this space. And they because they're using avatars, you just write the text in their platform and the avatar speaks it. And then since we're talking about internationalization, you then write the avatar, the Swedish version or the Japanese version or yeah. the Urdu version, and they and they speak that. And it's really uncanny. And Andy, you can upload yourself to Synthesia. Two minute video, you're just going to talk through a script and you'll get an Andy avatar. And if you think through the the reduction in time that that will take for producing some of this content, um, it's really impressive, right? Mm -hmm. Especially the language piece. Um, so Synthesia posts daily on new developments in AI, and and that's the sort of aspiration you can achieve with some of these tools. I think they've got seven hundred thousand followers on TikTok, uh, and they've been doing that for eighteen months. Have they? I'll have to have a look at Synthesia as a as a highly addicted TikToker. Uh, a consumer rather than creator, unfortunately. <laughs> I do often get stuck in that. What I've seen to coin the scroll hole these days, which I think is brilliant. Wow. Uh, well, you're going to get stuck in AI explains AI, especially if you were stuck in there's an AI for that. Yeah, I, well, I totally was. You know, I'm going to wipe out the rest of my half term, I think, playing around <laughs> with these things. <laughs> but Synthesia, I thought was really interesting. And, and I remember you saying with the video you showed at Econ Live that it didn't take too long and it, it wasn't costly but you had something that you felt was pretty usable really quickly and obviously yeah, you yeah. built on that concept with this new avatar for your ceo so it must have worked for you yeah but, and there's about it took 10 minutes and it cost 23 quid a month i think nothing yeah absolutely superb but one thing you introduced then and i want to pick on it now is a kind of and you've touched on it touched on it a bit here as well is oversight and the kind of risks involved in this as well particularly where you've got the potential for you know an ai infringing somebody else's copyright or intellectual property for example how do we manage that as as brands as marketeers how do we make sure that we are covering the 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 downside i suppose well so the good news for what Brightbid are really interested in is if you own the copyright on your website and we're building ad copy on your own website, then you own the copyright. So from a sort of, you know, that hard end, sharp end of performance marketing, um, text-based, you're covered. Um, I think there is some issues in the image area. So getting images um, were suing Stable Diffusion for training their model on Getty Images. Right, now, okay. I don't know the outcome of that case. I don't think there has been an outcome, but I think it, it, it sends a bit of a warning for using some of these tools on, on how that works. I think it's an issue for the tools at the moment. So if you're using the tools... Will you get a sort of secondary copyright claim? This feels a bit far-fetched. Mm. Um, my 
honest answer is let's just label that we've used AI to build an image so that we can change it in the future if we have infringed mm. anything. So if any of these cases come out, and that that's not that's not too hard at the moment. Um, certainly, chat. I mean, I think that, that, that there's a couple of interesting topics, isn't there, with ChatGPT from people uploading uploading private information to ChatGPT. I mean, don't do that. So don't put your customer names and addresses into ChatGPT. Yeah, that would be a big mistake. <laughs> yeah. And don't put your own proprietary code, if you're a software engineer, into ChatGPT. And don't summarize your meeting notes in ChatGPT if they're secret. I see. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. But what you can do, actually, is get a um, private link to chat gpt so get an api into chat gpt and then it is private and yeah. you're not gifting them the power to train their model on your own data so uh, who knows how long it's going to be till we get some clarity on this i think a while yeah this is new news the eu are starting to think about it the uk government are starting to think about it the us government are starting to think about it but it's starting, right? And it's going to be clarified with law with lawsuits, I suspect. Yes, I think so too. And I think as well, it's evolving so quickly. Is it, you know, it's difficult to put a finger on to control it, at least at the moment. And there's lots of talk in the news, mainstream media, actually, in terms of controlling and restricting the development of AI and generative AI and all this stuff, probably for very good reason. But for us mere marketeers, I think we should take advantage of these tools whilst we can and just be wary that there is a risk associated, as there is with all things. You know, and if you do infringe someone's copyright and it is someone like Getty, that they are certainly going to chase you. So make sure you've got your you've got some advice in place before you're putting some of this content out. Yeah. Or or at least label it so you can change it, right? Mm. So just just don't forget that you've used I mean that's that's the market marketeer's nightmare isn't it you've you you think you've done it but you can't find it on your website to change it so <laughs> should just be really clear about cite, citing yes where you've got the the images from yeah just to make sure that everyone's covered you can change it really quickly if someone um thinks you've infringed the copyright as far as i'm aware you won't but you know the law is still being worked out yeah, some way to go on that, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. One of the applications of, um, certainly with ChatGPT, I, I used with one of my colleagues recently, she was trying to do some research to find events, international events she could push her clients out into. Spending a lot of time manually Googling and searching and looking in directories. So no, 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 hang on a minute. Why don't you ask the question to ChatGPT and see if it can generate some insights and ideas? You know, and in about thirty seconds, she had everything that she needed, and it saved her probably a good couple of days worth of work. So it does. Although, if you use free version, it only goes up to twenty twenty one, doesn't it? So I've tried to do that for event hunting. Oh, does it twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, no, so maybe got, if you've got new events that have launched since then, it, it's not on the list. But it gives you a starting point. It I think did. That's, yeah. That's really useful. You you don't start with a blank page. You start with, okay, so this is the obvious. This is what this is what AI will produce. What what's beyond the obvious? Yes, that's it. What's beyond the obvious? I like that. Uh, I think there's real opportunity for marketeers to save some time uh, and to you know learn some new stuff with AI, without having to do everything manually all the time. 
there's a lot of value to be had. So what do you think is coming next? What's Are, are we on to kind of GPT-5 and 6? Is that in the pipeline? Or what does the future hold with AI, do you think? Well, a lot of people are thinking it's not building bigger models, building bigger general models. It's building more specific models. So there might be a version for the scientific community. There might be a version for the software coding community. There might be a version for the academic community. So you can really drill down into published texts or like really specific. Mm. So I think that's where a lot of people think the large language models are going. There's a lot of people who are building tools for specific use cases. So someone like Jasper um, isn't using GPT-4. It's built its own large language model. So Jasper is a copywriting. It, it, it's really developed for marketeers as a use case. It's okay. a very, really interesting one. Check it out. It's one of the – and they've built their own version. So you can upload your brand guidelines and tone of voice and it can – build copy based on that. So it, it's another way of saving time versus the general tools. So that, you know, people building for specific use cases. In my head, I think I'm at the point where I think what's the job to be done in marketing and can an AI tool do it? And what does it need to supplement it? So is it building a website? Is it writing thousands of blog articles? Is it building display ads? What are the tactical pieces? Because I think in that way, you get to think what humans can uniquely do. What can they uniquely do on top of the AI? They can build strategic, they've got the overview on the strategy. They know what products are coming out on the roadmap. They're creative. They can take the transformative creative leaps that the AI can't yet, although it's getting really good. Um <laughs> They've got insights into human behavior. And another big one, if you're in B2B marketing or, you know, that they can build relationships. You know, we met at an actual event, like, you know, a real life event. Imagine that. (laughs) People talking. And actually, those are the really valuable places to build relationships in B2B. It's actual, not virtual. I mean, people got so upset in the pandemic with virtual webinars all the time and not being able to go to real life events because they couldn't make the same sort of connections. So in my head in B2B marketing, that's going to be a big place to play. Community marketing, real life events, Mm. you know, taking customers out for dinner, that kind of thing. So completely old fashioned marketing, building relationships. I say old fashioned, it's the best way to do things, isn't it? You know, (laughs) we wouldn't be having this conversation now if I hadn't bumped into your e-consultancy live, which was an excellent event. And actually, I think possibly the first conference I've been to since the pandemic. So there you go. Yeah. Good old fashioned meeting people. (laughs) Still a space for it. (laughs) Kate, thanks a lot for coming on and talking a bit about, you know, using AI and some of those practical applications, particularly when we're thinking about international markets. Is there anywhere you go for inspiration or ideas, any books you recommend or podcasts you listen to that our listeners might like to have a look at? Oh, well, we've talked about a few. There's an AI for that. AI explains AI on TikTok. The neurons good. The um, neuron, so okay. The yeah. neurons a newsletter that sort of collates a lot of information. Ethan Mollick, who's the professor of AI out of Wharton, does a really good Substack 
Um, follow a couple of people on Twitter who do the who who I mean gets a bit relentless because they summarize everything daily, but they're like, oh, 10 things daily. Um, Rowan Chung is one that I remember, but if you follow him, he'll lead you to another load of um, we'll find Twitter the creatives. Yeah. So there's a lot of people putting out a lot of content on AI, but those those are the places that I'm looking to at the moment where I think, oh, there's some really interesting new angles on this. And, you know, there's people, people who you know have to have their finger on the pulse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I haven't come across uh, Ethan Mollick or, or Rowan Chung before, so that's two new ones for me to follow, which is great. Uh, and as, as we said earlier, there's an AI for that has been a bit of a time drain for me, but that's okay because I've enjoyed myself. <laughs> okay, thanks again. If people wanted to reach out, get in touch, say hello and find out more about you or Brightbeard or AI, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So brightbid.com is our website or just email me at kate at brightbid.ai. Super duper. Thanks so much. And see you hopefully again at an Econ Live in the future. Yeah, you will. I love that event. Brilliant. Cheers, Kate. <laughs>